This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. So to just say, I'm really glad that we were able to present to Landwatch today. Um, many of you know I'm a lifelong professional environmentalist predating becoming a minister, and the rate at which Central Oregon is growing and the construction boom that is happening, we absolutely need what they do to help maintain some of the natural beauty that we love about this place. So thank you for your work. So just imagine, just imagine, as human beings, we are born with an awesome superpower. It is the power of imagination. Now, it's easy for us to sort of trivialize that or downplay it and and think that that's really just for for kids. But when we do that, we squander tremendous creative potential. Imagination is a wondrous, innate human ability, a capacity that we have that allows us to envision something and then clothe it in emotion and energy and purpose to bring it into the material realm. Last week, Reverend Jane delivered an inspirational talk about hopes and dreams and the possibilities to have better dreams and to bring those dreams into fruition. Well, imagination is the fuel of dreams. It's where it all starts. When we learn to develop and strengthen imagination muscles, which is a thing, when we do that, we begin to move more powerfully and fluidly through life. Now, unity actually has a whole body of teaching around 12 spiritual powers, and imagination, with a capital I, is one of the 12. That's how important, that's the level of importance that is placed on it. Charles uh, Charles Fillmore is one of the Unity founders, Charles and his wife Myrtle, the wife, I guess, Myrtle. Um, And he he has this to say. He says, quote, the imagination is a wonderful creative power. It builds all things out of the one substance. When you associate it with faith, which is another of the 12 powers, you make things just as real as those that God makes, for humanity is co-creator with God. Whatever you form in the mind and have faith in will become substantial. Spiritualized imagination is not just about slipping off into fantasy land. It is about gaining agency over our thoughts and over our visions and over where we are directing our energy so that we can bring about the kind of lives relationships, and even the world that we want. I loved that song, Eric, that was so perfect for this talk. If you think about it, everything, I used to say everything ever created is created twice. I actually think that was wrong. I think everything ever created is created three times. First, it is created in divine mind, the creative potential, whatever you want to call this. Then we as humans download a divine idea. We get clear, and we, we, we create it there. And only once that has happened do we actually create in the material realm. It's three times. And unity, we ourselves hold that we, each of us, are actually a product of divine imagination. We are ideas held in divine mind. Isn't that a cool concept? 
Do you actively think about yourself as a divine idea expressing in the mind of creator? That was transformative thinking for me. So implementing spiritual imagination involves tapping into that oneness, remembering ourselves as spiritual beings, having a, having a human experience, pulling in some faith, sometimes you gotta pull that up a little intentionally, and then clearing space on the altars of our minds so that divine idea can flow in. There's not only spiritual wisdom, in developing imagination muscles, but there's actually science behind it. I've been an athlete my whole life, and decades ago, I learned, I was playing soccer to try to put myself through college, and I learned that like high jumpers and pole vaulters will put a line of tape around the room at the next stretch of height for them, at the next personal record that they want to hit, and they will visualize going over it. We now know from, from neuroscience that our brains don't actually register intentional visualization any different than the physical action. The brain starts to create neural pathways as if we are literally physically doing those things. It turns out that that visualization is actually a tool used by many, perhaps most, world-caliber athletes. And that type of visualization helped me as a person who came pretty late to soccer. I got good enough, fast enough, to make it through college on soccer scholarships. I used it very intentionally. Now, imagination and visualization can also have super powerful physical healing applications. Just before I was getting ready to go get that soccer scholarship and transition from community college into my four-year college, I had a horrific accident on a horse that just blew my knee apart. Big surgery, big difficulties, the thing scarred down, my leg wouldn't bend. Surgeon said, you are never gonna run on that, let alone play soccer. 11 months of unbelievably brutal in-house therapy. But I kept an attitude of, oh yes, I will. Oh, yes, I will. And I would literally use the power of my imagination to visualize blood cells flowing through the injury, carrying out the inflammation, knitting, knitting the tissues back together. I started visualizing running, playing soccer. I would do it so much that I would jerk, I would kick a soccer ball in the middle of the night and wake up in agony, screaming, because I had you know, kicked the leg too hard, but it worked. I've used this technique over and over and over. So we can actually engage our minds and our brains intentionally to really support physical healing. Spiritual imagineering can help us create great lives for ourselves. It can also be used to help boost others to new heights. And I'm gonna share a story about, as you know, my current addiction is competitive dog agility. And to my great amazement, Olive, my little border colleague, and I, we qualified for the national championships, where it, which, yeah, yeah, thanks. They're this coming March in Georgia, and I was not planning to go because it's a big undertaking. I'm thinking to myself, oh, yeah, we've only been doing this a year. She's two and a half. But I had several of my more experienced agility friends say, you know, you really should go. If you've done it, you really should go. And I was, I had this vision, okay, universe, 
if you deliver that escape trailer that my RAV hybrid can pull, I will go. And I've been holding this vision of this certain kind of trailer. It's only about $25,000, right? I did not, I had no idea that that was going to happen, where that was going to happen. And time was ticking, and it's like, it's probably not going to happen. Well, one of my dear friends, who we practice agility a lot together, she has held, her imagination has been working for me more than mine has been working for myself on this. And she finally came into the arena one day and she said, you know, I just checked hotels in Perry, Georgia, and they're really cheap. She, she sends me a link that night. She says, look at this one. She said, in fact, I registered the first night for you. And then she said, and, yeah, and then she sends me this link to all the information on the, for, on the AKC website for the national agility thing. And I start thinking, huh, Maybe I should do this crazy thing. Maybe I should. Well, it's a good thing she sent me the link because I didn't realize, but the registration deadline was like a week later. So son of a gun, courtesy my friend and others who have now stepped in to support this crazy activity, Olive and I are going to nationals in March. <laughs> that, that little fun demonstration not only showed me the power of good friends, but it also showed me two other important learning um, moments came out of that for me. One is there's a fine line between using imagination and visualization, but not having it so tied to how it's going to come about that you're actually closing yourself off to other possibilities, right? I was so attached to the idea of that little trailer that I didn't even think to look for cheap hotels. I didn't think of doing it that way. So that was, a, that was a good reminder. And the other one that's probably more powerful is really realizing the power. We can apply the power of our imagination toward loved ones and others and friends and, and even people who are really struggling just to help give that little boost, to help them open up to possibilities. So there's a flip side to this imagination thing. That's important. I'm not fear-mongering, but I think it's very important. And that is we need to be intentional. With that, that's why I talk about imagination muscles. Because if we're not careful, we can use our imagination to torture ourselves, right? When we sit in worry, when, we, when we're caught in fear, when we're expecting some bad outcome, when we're doing that, we are literally imagining against our best interests. That is using the power of imagination in a non-constructive way. A Course in Miracles actually calls those kind of thoughts, like, I don't have enough, I'm not good enough, I'm too old too. It calls those thoughts attack thoughts against ourselves. It might seem paradoxical to talk about training imagination. I mean, that very term kind of maybe sounds like an oxymoron, like you're going to rein in creativity but I don't think so at all. I don't think training imagination and squelching creativity have to go hand in hand. In fact, learning to open up to great possibility to open up, but also to keep a certain direction of thought, a certain discipline of thought, that is how we hone the art of imagineering. We're co-creators of our lives, guys because we're choosing the thought we're having right this moment. So what are some practical tools for imagination training? I think the first is time in silence. I can tend to have the TV on late at night. I'm just 
fiddling away on the computer, whatever, whatever. But I think sometimes I'm actually letting my imagination be hijacked by whatever is coming in, whatever input. You know, I, I am finding it's very, very, very profoundly important to have intentional silence, times of unplugged, clearing altars on, on the spaces of our minds, so that the imagination, those, so, th so that those divine ideas can come through, rather than the garbage ideas that our culture often feeds us. Visualization, I've mentioned that, that's an actual tool. The more we practice literally going inside and seeing and feeling ourselves doing something, the easier it gets to do that. Choose again, that's one of the best little mind training devices I have ever found. It's from Course in Miracles. When you're going down the rabbit hole, when you're caught around your axle of fear thoughts or lack thoughts, choose again, choose again, just a redirect, choose again. And I am finding more and more, I've tended to be a pretty serious person in my life and I work on really serious issues and I don't really do a lot of small talk. Play is so good for me, that's why agility is so good for me. It's pure play. And people like Donna will tell you, Donna B, play is critically important even as adults, maybe mostly, maybe more so as adults, right? To open up those creative flows again. And I think this is extremely important. Unity does a lot of affirmations. We write our affirmations, we say affirmations. You know, we're a positive pathway for spiritual living and we write out these things. I don't think that's enough. I think that still keeps it at the level of intellect. What I am finding is incredibly important is really, really directing that imagination to feel what that desired outcome is gonna, is gonna look like and feel like, smell like, whatever. And I'll give you an example. It's kind of related to whether or not I'm gonna go to nationals. I, had, I was carrying some credit card debt and a little bit of other debt too related to a school loan. And I was not, I was just not getting underneath it and I have had a long history of not trying to carry credit card debt. There have been many times in my life where I have had money come in, I too am self-employed, so it comes in different, you know, in different waves and whatever. There have been many times in my life where I've gone into online banking, hit the thing and zeroed out the credit card thing, right? I've done it over and over. So I just spent time remembering that, visualizing that, remembering how good it feels when you do that. Lo and behold, I had money come in, the person that I owed some tuition money to, they just said, that's good, we're done. I didn't ask for that. The, the credit card that I had, I had just enough come in to pay everything off. Just like that, I didn't know where it was coming from. It is the power, I think, of that intentional, I don't know how, but I know the what, and I'm gonna put energy into the what. Now, me being me, I couldn't stand up here and talk about the power of imagination if I didn't also talk about how it can have influence over our collective consciousness and over our world. When we allow our minds to remember our connection, to take that flight to oneness, when we allow that possibility, that divine mind is flowing to and through us, we have an, we have an added benefit of being able to activate our moral imagination. Necessary, it's a necessary step to picture what kind of world we really want, what kind of world we want to be part of creating. 
I would suggest that the human power of imagination, which as far as I know, and I'm a very ecocentric person, I don't think humans are the be-all and end-all and only important species, but as far as I know, I do think we might be the only one that has a real imagination in the way I'm speaking. I don't know about the whales and stuff, who knows, they could. Um, but that in and of itself, this human imagination, that may be, I think it's likely, that it is an actual aspect of evolution. Evolution itself, it is an expansion of consciousness and of this, of this creative force that is ever wanting to express forward. That's a powerful thing to be thinking about. We're now at an evolutionary point in which we really need to redesign significant aspects of human interaction. We need to redesign systems. We need to redesign society as a whole, societies. These are precious and precarious times that are calling us to be creative, imaginative evolutionaries in consciousness. As the late activist and author Joanna Macy, she's one of my sheroes, and I want to read something that she wrote. That's right, we have sheroes too. <laughs> Out of this darkness, a new world can arise, not to be constructed by our minds so much as to emerge from our dreams. Even though we cannot see clearly how it's going to turn out, we are still called to let the future into our imagination. We will never be able to build what we have not first cherished in our hearts. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, as a writer, I wish I had written that. That's so cool. So we just celebrated Martin Luther King Day. And I know Jane shared a little bit. One of my favorite stories about MLK is the, the most famous I Have a Dream speech. And as Jane shared last week, and many of you and I've shared before, the cool thing about that is King didn't start off to give that speech. He started off on a more rote, scripted speech that was honestly a little bit more about the nightmare. And then gospel singer and friend, Mahatma, he took a breath, paused, and Mahalia Jackson said, give him the dream, Martin. And he did. And he went, he went at that moment and redirected his imagination and opened up to it and shared his vision for the world. He had a dream, and so do I. I share King's dream that all little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I share his dream of being able to speed up that day when all God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are all free at last. I share that dream, and I add to it. I dream of never having to walk past sick, hungry, hurting people on the sidewalk because we have redesigned society and systems to meet everyone's needs. I dream that we'll reach the place when all people will know the security of basic economic well-being and will be free to pursue work that feeds their souls and makes our world a better place. 
I have a dream that humanity will be focused on growing consciousness rather than consumerism. I dream of a day when we as humans have realized the futility of war against one another, against our fellow species, against this beloved Mother Earth that is our home. And I have a dream that this planet is healing. Fish and birds, rhinos and tigers are growing in numbers, and the full vibrancy and magnificence of creation is once again bursting from every nook and cranny on this glorious blue-green marble that we get to experience. I have a dream, and it is a beautiful dream. You have a beautiful dream. Let that ring. Let that ring, let that ring, let that ring. Peace out. Yeah.